Welcome to TCWT Arkansas, where we delve into the most intriguing, thought-provoking, and downright fascinating topics. Each week, I'll bring you expert insights, engaging discussions, and a fresh perspective on the issues that matter. True crime, that is. So sit back, relax, and get ready to broaden your horizons. In TCWT, we will also venture into the darker concerns and corners of the human experience as we unravel the mysteries of true crime. We delve deep into the stories that have shocked, fascinated, and left their mark on our collective consciousness. From infamous serial killers to unsolved cases, we bring you the facts, the theories, and the psychological profiles. Listener discretion is advised, as the content can sometimes be intense. But for those who are intrigued by the darker side of humanity, you've come to the right place. I believe that a good conversation can spark creativity, inspire change, and bring about new understanding. That's what I aim to do here. I invite you to join me on this journey of exploration and discovery. Tune in, participate in the discussion, and let's learn together. So whether you're on your commute, working out, or just winding down, my podcast is the perfect companion. Welcome aboard. Again, trigger warning. Some episodes may discuss topics that could be disturbing or triggering for some listeners, including detailed discussions of violence, abuse, or mental illness. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Please note that I am not a professional, just a person with an opinion. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are my own and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions of any other individual or organization. And I'm going to tell y'all now while we at the front end, because I'm going to tell you again on the back end. You can look me up on the social medias. Facebook is True Crime with a Twist Make It Arkansas. Instagram is TCWT Arkansas Pod. TikTok is TCWT ARK1. Twitter, TCWT Podcast. Or if you have any show ideas or suggestions, comments, questions, or concerns, you can always shoot me an email at TCWT Arkansas, Arkansas spelled out, at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Welcome to TCWT Arkansas, where we delve into the most intriguing, thought-provoking, and downright fascinating topics. Each week, I'll bring you expert insights, engaging discussions, and a fresh perspective on the issues that matter. True crime, that is. So sit back, relax, and get ready to broaden your horizons. In TCWT, 
we will also venture into the darker concerns and corners of the human experience as we unravel the mysteries of true crime. We delve deep into the stories that have shocked, fascinated, and left their mark on our collective consciousness. From infamous serial killers to unsolved cases, we bring you the facts, the theories, and the psychological profiles. Listener discretion is advised, as the content can sometimes be intense, but for those who are intrigued by the darker side of humanity, you've come to the right place. I believe that a good conversation can spark creativity, inspire change, and bring about new understanding. That's what I aim to do here. I invite you to join me on this journey of exploration and discovery. Tune in, participate in the discussion, and let's learn together. So whether you're on your commute, working out, or just winding down, my podcast is the perfect companion. Welcome aboard. Again, trigger warning. Some episodes may discuss topics that could be disturbing or triggering for some listeners, including detailed discussions of violence, abuse, or mental illness. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Please note that I am not a professional, just a person with an opinion. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are my own and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions of any other individual or organization. And I'm going to tell y'all now while we at the front end, because I'm going to tell you again on the back end. You can look me up on the social medias. Facebook is True Crime with a Twist Make It Arkansas. Instagram is TCWT Arkansas Pod. TikTok is TCWTARK1. Twitter, TCWT Podcast. Or if you have any show ideas or suggestions, comments, questions, or concerns, you can always shoot me an email at TCWT Arkansas, Arkansas spelled out, at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. So what y'all think? Y'all think the mama did it? Y'all think the daddy did it? So do y'all think Miss Lavinia did it? Y'all think Mr. Crawford did it? Do y'all think John did it? Do y'all think they wasn't in the house when it happened? Do y'all think they being framed? Well, were framed. Do y'all think execution was the right punishment for the crime? Hell, was the money even in the house? Because, I mean, like, we are skipping over that. Like, I want to know if it was actually money in the house. And if it was money in the house, you know, did... John and Lavinia and Crawford take the money and was they flashing the money? Is that how people knew it was them? You know, like I, I, I want to dig deeper into that. I want to know. I got questions that's not going to get answered because basically it was short and sweet. They stole, they killed somebody, got caught and was executed. Point blank period. A whole family was took out in less than two months. Um, you know, I just want to know 
what all details this 15 year old child had to give them that was credible enough for them to say hey let's take this shit to trial y'all are guilty y'all are gonna die then they proceeded to die in rapid rapid fire like make it make sense help me understand because i'm missing something like one plus one is giving 89 89 reasons why that 15 year old should have been questioned further man she should have been she should have received some type of punishment because she know too much but that's just me and mine but yeah short and sweet but i did find something to kind of give us a little extra time to talk mingle and get to know each other as well as to get to know about this case um and i'm going to read that to you all so what y'all think y'all think the mama did it y'all think the daddy did it so do y'all think miss lavinia did it y'all think mr crawford did it do y'all think John did it? Do y'all think they wasn't in the house when it happened? Do y'all think they being framed? Well, were framed. Do y'all think execution was the right punishment for the crime? Hell, was the money even in the house? Because, I mean, like, we are skipping over that. Like, I want to know if it was actually money in the house. And if it was money in the house, you know, did john and lavinia and crawford take the money and was they flashing the money is that how people knew it was them you know like i i, I want to dig deeper into that i want to know i got questions that's not gonna get answered because basically it was short and sweet they stole they killed somebody got caught and was executed point blank period a whole family was took out in less than two months um you know i just want to know what all details this 15 year old child had to give them that was credible enough for them to say hey let's take this shit to trial y'all are guilty y'all are gonna die then they proceeded to die in rapid rapid fire like make it make sense help me understand because i'm missing something like one plus one is giving 89 89 reasons why that 15 year old should have been questioned further man she should have been she should have received some type of punishment because she know too much but that's just me and mine but yeah short and sweet but i did find something to kind of give us a little extra time to talk mingle and get to know each other as well as to get to know about this case um and i'm going to read that to you all okay so this is this is a story that was printed in the washington county newspaper in about 1950 um there's no clear indication as to when this was written but again this is a newspaper article husband wife and son hanged after being found guilty of a murder back in the year 1845 and again there will be grammatical errors and i will do my best to you know make it through them but this is written in 1845 to 1950s verbiage the early history of washington county was not for a frontier county country particularly bloody but the period from 1829 up until well towards the turn of the century was a time when most men went armed and violence was accepted as a natural part of frontier life and Northwest Arkansas was even many years after the founding of Washington County a frontier. 
to the west of that was Indian territory, noted as home territory for outlaws and cutthroats. The Ozark Mountains served as a home to many men who had all their lives depended on their weapons for security. By 1845, Fayetteville, the county seat, had known several murder trials, mostly ending in acquittals, but none of the defendants had been executed. So, boom. Lavinia Crawford and John, they got executed. And that was the first execution, you know. That's the first execution because, like they said, all of them had ended in acquittals. Three are hanged. By the fall of the, wait, but in the fall and winter of 1845, 105 years ago this winter, a man, his wife, and their son were hanged in Fayetteville for the murder of a recluse who had lived near Fayetteville. Many people believed the trio not guilty, but a daughter of the older suspects gave testimony which clinched the case for the state and ended in a death verdict for the couple and their son. During the late summer of 1845, a bachelor named Jonathan Selby was murdered at his home several miles outside of Fayetteville. The theory was that Selby had been killed for a large sum of money he supposedly kept hidden in his home. Selby was possibly the first but far from the last Washington County resident to be slain for money supposedly hoarded hoarded under a mattress or in the attic. Why suspicion fell on Crawford Burnett, his wife and their son is not known. The parents were arrested and jailed but the son had left for Missouri and could not be found. Following the arrests, the Burnett's 15 year old daughter Minerva reported that the murder had been planned by her mother and father and carried out by her absent brother. Some of the county's most capable and respected attorneys doubted the child's story. Hint, hint, cough, cough. But the jury believed it. Mr. Burnett and Mrs. Burnett were tried at a special term of circuit court in October 1845 interest in the case ran high in an area where the population was still small most people knew either the victim or his alleged slayers and the opinion was divided the special term opened friday october 3rd with circuit judge gibson g sneed presiding sheriff elijah o'brien was ordered to summon 38 men for a grand jury the grand jury was impaneled without waste of time, instructed by the prosecuting attorney, A.H. Greenwood, and retired to deliberate. Before noon, Thomas Wilson, foreman of the grand jury, reported that the jurors had indicted Crawford and Lavinia on a charge of murder in the death of Selby. The following day, Saturday, October 4th, both defendants pled not guilty and asked for a trial by jury. <laughs> Judge Sneed ordered the sheriff to secure a jury panel and release Minerva Burnett, the daughter, until Monday, October 6th, under a $100 bond 
Do you not know what I would have did if they told me my bond was $100? Y'all wouldn't have seen me after that $100 was dropped. Do you hear me, baby? Y'all wouldn't have seen me. I'd have changed my name. It probably would have cost the quarterback then. Because, baby, I ain't finna get hung because no 15-year-old done snitched. A second witness, hard and sharp, was freed under a similar bond. Court convened Monday morning and the Burnett's attorney, Charles G. Baylor, asked to be relieved of his duties. Judge Sneed complied with the request and appointed Isaac Stunton, Stinton and James Neal as defense attorneys. A third Fayetteville lawyer, Isaac Murphy, later to serve as governor of Arkansas, volunteered to aid the defense. He should have stayed where he was at if we just being honest. Cause baby, he didn't know what he was doing. Burnett and his wife were tried separately. On Wednesday, a jury was assembled to hear the case against Crawford Burnett. The testimony was given by his daughter Minerva, and the jury found Burnett, Mr. Crawford Burnett, guilty of first-degree murder. The following day, Lavinia Burnett went on trial for her life for the same charge. Her attorney attempted to use the testimony or I guess they attempted to use Hard and Sharp's testimony, but they are they don't have any information or it's not listed as to what was said. But Minerva again testified that she heard her parents plotting the death of Selby with her brother John. As in the previous trial, the jury deliberated briefly before returning a guilty verdict. On Tuesday, October 10th, Judge Sneed pronounced the sentence of the two defendants, ordering them taken to the common gallows and be hanged by the neck until dead. Mind you, y'all, the gallows is in the middle of a cemetery. So, I guess where my brain is, like, okay, y'all gonna hang me in the middle of the cemetery. Y'all got the holes dug. What y'all gonna do with my body after y'all done hanging me? Because, like, are we gonna go have a funeral? And if we gonna have a funeral, can we have it the same day y'all hang me? That way everybody be there. Y'all can all celebrate my funeral and go to the repast. Like, what y'all doing? What's the logic behind it? Because Minerva, she better not come to the funeral. She better not beat her. Are we pulling her in the hole with us? I'm I'm not. Let me stop. <laughs> um Oh well. On Tuesday, October 10th. Okay, I read that. On Saturday, November 8th, both Burnett and his wife were hanged from the gallows where the National Cemetery is now located. The court ordered that the sentence be carried out between 12 o'clock noon and 3 o'clock p.m. That is specific. A large crowd had gathered sometime before the execution, and it appears that almost every person in the county who was, who was able to reach Fayetteville that day was on hand by the time of the executions. A few days after the execution of his parents, John Burnett was arrested in Missouri and returned to Fayetteville for the trial. The youth, his exact age is unknown, was promptly tried in circuit court before Judge Sneed, found guilty, and sentenced to death. Again, I don't think they should have had them all in the same with the same judge. It's a conflict of interest. Young Burnett was indicted 
by grand jury December 1st and efforts to select a jury began the following day. Although there is no record of the proceedings, the bare record of the court proceedings indicates that Burnett's attorney put up a fight. The lawyers appear to have believed in the innocence of their client, but the testimony of the sister convicted or convinced the jury that Burnett was guilty. And on December 26th, the day after Christmas, John Burnett was led to the gallows where his parents had died and hanged by his neck until he was dead. Okay, so this is this is a story that was printed in the Washington County newspaper in about 1950. Um, there's no clear indication as to when this was written. But again, this is a newspaper article. Husband, wife, and son hanged after being found guilty of a murder back in the year 1845. And again, there will be grammatical errors and I will do my best to, you know make it through them but this is written in 1845 to 1950s verbiage the early history of washington county was not for a frontier county country particularly bloody but the period from 1829 up until well towards the turn of the century was a time when most men went armed and violence was accepted as a natural part of frontier life and northwest arkansas was even many years after the founding of washington county a frontier to the west of that was indian territory noted as home territory for outlaws and cutthroats the ozark mountains served as a home to many men who had all their lives depended on their weapons for security by 1845, Fayetteville, the county seat, had known several murder trials, mostly ending in acquittals, but none of the defendants had been executed. So, boom. Lavinia Crawford and John, they got executed. And that was the first execution, you know. That's the first execution because, like they said, all of them had ended in acquittals. Three are hanged. By the fall of the wait, but in the fall and winter of 1845, 105 years ago this winter, a man, his wife, and their son were hanged in Fayetteville for the murder of a recluse who had lived near Fayetteville. Many people believed the trio not guilty, but a daughter of the older suspects gave testimony which clinched the case for the state and ended in a death verdict for the couple and their son. During the late summer of 1845, a bachelor named Jonathan Selby was murdered at his home several miles outside of Fayetteville. The theory was that Selby had been killed for a large sum of money he supposedly kept hidden in his home. Selby was possibly the first but far from the last washington county resident to be slain for money supposedly hoarded hoarded under a mattress or in the attic why suspicion fell on crawford burnett his wife and their son is not known 
The parents were arrested and jailed, but the son had left for Missouri and could not be found. Following the arrests, the Burnett's 15-year-old daughter, Minerva, reported that the murder had been planned by her mother and father and carried out by her absent brother. Some of the county's most capable and respected attorneys doubted the child's story. Hint, hint, cough, cough. But the jury believed it. Mr. Burnett and Mrs. Burnett were tried at a special term of circuit court in October 1845. Interest in the case ran high. In an area where the population was still small, most people knew either the victim or his alleged slayers and the opinion was divided. The special term opened Friday, October 3rd with Circuit Judge Gibson G. Sneed. Presiding Sheriff Elijah O'Brien was ordered to summon 38 men for a grand jury. The grand jury was impaneled without waste of time, instructed by the prosecuting attorney, A.H. Greenwood, and retired to deliberate. Before noon, Thomas Wilson, foreman of the grand jury, reported that the jurors had indicted Crawford and Lavinia on a charge of murder in the death of Selby. The following day, Saturday, October 4th, both defendants pled not guilty and asked for a trial by jury. <laughs> Judge Sneed ordered the sheriff to secure a jury panel and released Minerva Burnett, the daughter, until Monday, October 6th, under a $100 bond. Do you not know what I would have did if they told me my bond was $100? Y'all wouldn't have seen me after that $100 was dropped. Do you hear me, baby? Y'all wouldn't have seen me. I'd have changed my name. It probably would have cost the quarterback then. Because, baby, I ain't finna get hung because no 15-year-old done snitched. A second witness, hard and sharp, was freed under a similar bond. Court convened Monday morning and the Burnett's attorney, Charles G. Baylor, asked to be relieved of his duties. Judge Sneed complied with the request and appointed Isaac Stunton, Stinton and James Neal as defense attorneys. A third Fayetteville lawyer, Isaac Murphy, later to serve as governor of Arkansas, volunteered to aid the defense. He should have stayed where he was at if we just being honest. Because, baby, he didn't know what he was doing. Burnett and his wife were tried separately. On Wednesday, a jury was assembled to hear the case against Crawford Burnett. The testimony was given by his daughter, Minerva, and the jury found Burnett Mr. Crawford Burnett guilty of first-degree murder. The following day, Lavinia Burnett went on trial for her life for the same charge. Her attorney attempted to use the testimony or... I guess they attempted to use Hard and Sharp's testimony, but... They are. They don't have any information, or it's not listed as to what was said. But Minerva again testified that she heard her parents plotting the death of Selby with her brother John. As in the previous trial, the jury deliberated briefly before returning a guilty verdict. On Tuesday, October 10th, Judge Sneed pronounced the sentence of the two defendants. 
ordering them taken to the common gallows and be hanged by the neck until dead. Mind you, y'all, the gallows is in the middle of a cemetery. So I guess where my brain is, like, okay, y'all gonna hang me in the middle of the cemetery. Y'all got the holes dug. What y'all gonna do with my body after y'all done hanging me? Because, like, are we gonna go have a funeral? And if we gonna have a funeral, can we have it the same day y'all hang me? That way everybody be there. Y'all can all celebrate my funeral and go to the repast. Like, what y'all doing? What's the logic behind it? Because Minerva, she better not come to the funeral. She better not beat her. Are we pulling her in the hole with us? I'm I'm not. Let me stop. <laughs> um Oh well. On Tuesday, October 10th. Okay, I read that. On Saturday, November 8th, both Burnett and his wife were hanged from the gallows where the National Cemetery is now located. The court ordered that the sentence be carried out between 12 o'clock noon and 3 o'clock p.m. That is specific. A large crowd had gathered some time before the execution, and it appears that almost every person in the county who was, who was able to reach Fayetteville that day was on hand by the time of the executions. A few days after the execution of his parents, John Burnett was arrested in Missouri and returned to Fayetteville for the trial. The youth, his exact age is unknown, was promptly tried in circuit court before Judge Sneed, found guilty and sentenced to death. Again, I don't think they should have had them all in the same with the same judge. It's a conflict of interest. Young Burnett was indicted by grand jury december 1st and efforts to select the jury began the following day although there is no record of the proceedings the bare record of the court proceedings indicates that burnett's attorney put up a fight the lawyers appear to have believed in the innocence of their client but the testimony of the sister convicted or convinced the jury that burnett was guilty and on december 26th the day after Christmas, John Burnett was led to the gallows where his parents had died and hanged by his neck until he was dead.